This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's me. Tonight, totally not entertaining, totally not informative will be those um, January 6th hearings in prime time. What are they thinking? They have no idea. They are so bad, so clueless. These Democrats, they have been trying this for a year. They're so desperate. The American people are smart. They know when they're being played. They're not falling for this January 6th nonsense. Yes, on the hard left, hardcore, yeah, oh, oh threat to democracy, all that nonsense. Oh, the rest of us noticed uh, there were a thousand <laughs> riots, uh, burning of buildings, uh, looting, riots in the street, uh, hitting cops, shooting cops all over the place, and it was all glorified. It was all beautiful. Then one day, January 6th, things get a little out of hand. And by the way, uh, they wanted it that way, the Democrats. Oh, yes, I am so convinced. I, I, ah, the truth has set me free. The truth has set me free. They wanted to stop what we wanted. The totally legal and constitutional debate and discussion about the validity of the November 2020 election. You're allowed to do it under the Electoral Count Act of 1887, baby. It's all right there. They did not want it to go forward. What was happening, Republicans were succeeding where Democrats had failed in the past. You can look it up. There have been dozens of members of Congress who have stood up during the, um, the January certification of electoral votes. It happened in 2000. It happened in 2004. It happened in 2008. It happened in 2012. They never do it successfully, though. They never do it successfully because... Um, well, they can't get their act together and uh, they can't get a senator. And they're also accusing, making accusations about voter fraud when there is no voter fraud. All right. That's what happens. Although, you know what? When I go back to 2000, the 2000 election, the Black Congressional Caucus stepped forward and they said, we want. Anyway, tonight will be this hearing about January 6th and it will stink. It will stink. They're going to try to jazz it up, make it sexy, trying to scare you, trying to uh, uh, tar Trump trying to further disparage and stigmatize him and and give you doubts about supporting him, just like they did with uh, Russia and Ukraine, the phone call, Russia, Russia, Russia. An ordinary person going about their business, not really, you know, focused on family, focused on job, would just kind of hear that out there, like, oh, this Trump sounds, everyone's saying, oh, I don't know, uh, collusion with Russia. Wow, yeah, I guess so. Uh, that's what they're That's what they're going for. They're going for the distracted voter who is not really paying attention, not people like you and me who are engaged, who know what's going on, and give them pause. Yeah, well, we can't have Trump back. That's bad for democracy, right? I mean, I hear it all the time. Lester Holt, he's, uh, yeah. It's a, uh, it's a cynical game. It's a, it, and they've got some Republicans. It, heart, it breaks my heart, actually. It really does. This is... Um, 
There are no more reasonable people on the other side. And I keep hearing about we need compromise. We need, we need uh, middle ground. We need to find middle ground. Not with these people. Not with these people who seem to encourage violence. I mean, you know, what did Trump say? Peacefully and patriotically? That's not encouraging violence. You know it is? You know it is? And I think, I think we got to think about impeaching Chuck Schumer. Because this has got to be illegal. Are you ready? Cut 17. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you. <laughs> so it looks like some uh, misguided nut job took him up on his uh, uh, threat. He wants to do the dirty work for Chuck and the Democrats. This 28-year-old kid from California, have you heard about this? It's possible you didn't because they're trying to minimize the story. A 28-year-old man from California drove all the way across the country, found uh, Justice Kavanaugh's address on the Internet, had a big bag full of weapons. His plan was to kidnap and or kill Justice Kavanaugh, found his address on the Internet again. All right. Shows up at 1.30 in the morning with the plan to go inside and kill the guy. All right. This is and he might have done it had there not been at least U.S. Marshals parked in front of the house. So there's extra security in the wake of the Roe v. Wade thing. And this guy had, um, I think he got scared, and he called 911 and said, I'm going to kill Kavanaugh and maybe myself too. Uh, you know, these people are crazy, and that's what he did. you got to be crazy to listen to Chuck Schumer, right? Um, I am wondering, though, did the cops in front of the house, like, why didn't they pick him up? There were, there were U.S. Marshals in a vehicle in front of Justice Kavanaugh's house. He lives in Maryland, suburb, suburb of Washington, D.C. Everybody knows where he lives these days, by the way, because there's protests and news cameras all the time. All the time. This poor guy. For four years. Think about what his family has gone through, right? You know, first they called him a rapist, uh, and now they want to kill him. Now they want to kill him. And this guy could have done it. Could have done it. Kavanaugh wasn't home at the time. And quite frankly, I'm wondering about the cops. 1.30, staking something out. They didn't stop him. The guy calls 911. Did they then get out of their car? I tell you, a guy dressed in all black at 1.30 in the morning walks by Justice Kavanaugh's house, and I'm assigned to guard Justice Kavanaugh's house. I think I'm going to have a talk with that individual, but I don't know, and we don't know. And the way things work in Washington, D.C. these days, we're not going to know. We're not going to know. So you just heard Chuck Schumer threaten Justice Kavanaugh. That is a threat. And that is against the law. It is. Against, that is inciting violence. But he's a he's still a liberal hero. And this this is what they impeached Donald Trump over. This is what the hearings are about tonight. Right. Donald Trump on January 6th. 2021. Cut 16, please. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. (laughs) Sounds reasonable to me, doesn't it? Chuck Schumer, one more time, please. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you.
You won't know what hit you. And by the way, he was already on the court at this point. Schumer's got a problem. Schumer, instead of fighting the mob, he joined it. He joined it. You know, he was spooked. At one point, this guy was, believe it or not, had some integrity. Something changed. I think it was in 2018. And he indicated publicly that he was willing to work with Donald Trump on infrastructure. And wouldn't that have been great? Donald Trump knows infrastructure, right? Knows how to build things. Well, the liberal left went nuts. They showed up at his house in Brooklyn. F. Schumer, F. Schumer all night long. And he said, okay, I'm done with that. I'm full in with the radicals. I'm afraid of the radicals. I'm afraid of the mob. I'm going to join them. I'm going to do whatever they say. And that's what he's been ever since. That's what he's been ever since. This was a guy who knew something about quality of life. He knew something about business. You know, you could do business with Chuck Schumer. Now, don't get me wrong. I think Wall Street is still probably throwing money at him. Uh, yes, they are. Hey, did you hear about, did you know LeBron James has a special school for kids? A special school for high school students? And, um, well, three of them just murdered somebody. Uh, here's what we know. Uh, well, this is the allegation. Three high school students beat up somebody so bad that, well, he's dead now. The provocation reportedly is... Uh, the other student sprayed a water pistol at these three individuals. LeBron James, the LeBron James school. LeBron James is one of the richest and most influential race baiters in the country. He's also a racist, and he has incited violence many times. This is a guy you should, if you want to kick anybody off the Internet, kick him off the Internet. You wanted that, that cop in Ohio? Ohio, excuse me, um, killed for that justified use of force. Do you remember that? He said horrible, horrible things. So, uh, look, here's the deal. No one's talking about this, and I think it could be because of, could it be identity politics? Yeah, could it be? Could it be? So the, the accused, the perpetrators, are three black men. The victim, the dead victim, is a white student. White, white. Well, the father of the white student thinks that race was a factor here. But we don't talk about that if it's black against white. And unfortunately, we don't seem to talk about it if it's black against black. Because, ladies and gentlemen, black lives matter. They do, actually. They very much do. And you're like, well, I abhor the Black Lives Matter organization. It's a socialist uh corrupt front it's nothing and it's polluted and poisoned american diet it's done so much damage but black lives matter of course black lives matter but black lives matter don't matter the way al sharpton thinks and uh, benjamin crump and all of those silly people on the uh, the elites think they only care when a black life is taken by a white cop That's the only kind of black life that matters when it's taken by a white cop because that is an opportunity to make money and to achieve power. And that's what motivates the left. That's what motivates these wokesters, money and power. And if you throw some fame in there too, we got Al Sharpton jetting all over the country giving eulogies 
uh, for people he never met and his wingman, Ben Crump, right behind. You know what started this in part? Well, they've been doing this for many years. But what really got the ball rolling financially was the George Floyd settlement between Minneapolis and the Floyd family. I think it was $50 million. Now, I'm going to take a couple of leaps here because I've never, I never have seen George Floyd's tax returns. But I'm just going to take a wild guess that I, Greg Kelly, uh, made more money in the last year uh, than George Floyd made in the last year of his life. All right? Just a scientific, wild-ass guess. No offense to George Floyd. Now, if I die this afternoon, uh, and it's at, let's say somebody's uh, at fault here, I get run over by uh, uh, how do I uh, uh, a dump truck from some company, and the guy was drunk, and he said, "I'm going to go out and run over somebody today," and he run over, runs me over, and let's say it's from a massive corporation, and we can prove that they knew this guy was a drunk driver and he was a problem. How much money do you think I would get? It wouldn't be fifty-one million dollars. Or my descendants. They'd come up with a settlement. Hopefully they'd be okay, but it wouldn't be 50. That was a political, political. It was all political. It was all to help this uh, this movement. Back then it was the Get Trump movement. Now it's to cancel Trump. The cancel Trump movement and his supporters. Hey, did you hear about the coach? What's his name? Jack Del Rio from the Commanders? What a hero. What a hero. To a point with a little asterisk. He had to put out that apology. You know about this, right? If you all right, stay with me. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. The thing is, he had to apologize for something, even though he did nothing wrong. But I get it. We all have a boss. Sometimes those bosses, well, a lot of the times, let's face it, they're not going to back you up. Sometimes they will. If you got a special one, like I do, I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, so what do we know about Jack Del Rio? I'm not the biggest sports guy, but he is the defensive coach for the Washington, we call him the Commanders now, right? He used to be a head coach for a team. What team was that? Jack Del Rio. Anyway, um, he had an observation on Twitter, totally legitimate. He says, okay, we're having the January 6th hearing. How about hearings looking into uh, the Black Lives Matter riots that uh, burned down businesses and cities and ground America to a halt for about uh, three months, huh? Why don't we look at that? That's a totally valid point. You can make that in America. Well, all hell breaks loose on the coach here, and um, he's getting all kinds of flack, so uh, his bosses make him go out and uh, answer questions about this, right? He's getting questions from the international media, by the way. It went, it went mega viral that a man would make that point um, because uh, he's in the woke NFL. The NFL's gone crazy now, crazy woke. And he comes out very calmly, uh, clearly, uh, with confidence, expresses uh, his rationale. Okay, listen to this. Cut 27. I see the images on TV. People's livelihoods are being destroyed. Businesses are being burned down. No problem. And then we have a dust-up at the Capitol. Well, there's nothing burned down. And we're not going to talk about it. We're going to make that a major deal. I just think it's kind of two standards. And if we apply the same standard and we're going to be reasonable with each other, let's have a discussion. That's all it was. Let's have a discussion. We're Americans. Let's talk it through. I'm for, I'm for us, you know, having a great opportunity to have a fulfilled life. Uh, 
like I said, every way, every which way I can, when I'm here, it's about love and respect. Wow, huh? Isn't that beautiful? Hey, we can come together over a salmon like that, right? Wrong. Oh, boy. He had to apologize for his explanation. He called January 6th. I think he said it was a dust-up, right? A dust-up. Well, you know what? You can make that case. Absolutely. We know what riots look like. We know what fires look like. We know what it's like to destroy a building. None of that happened. None of that happened to the Capitol. You can lie about it. You can over-dramatize it and say and use all that, oh, our democracy was hanging in the balance. You can, you can deceive if you want, but you would be deceiving. So what Jack Del Rio said was totally uh, correct. But he said it's America. Well, it doesn't feel like America much, does it, right? I mean, it's a different place right now. Very different. It's more like China. It is more like China. This, this really kind of shakes me to, the, to my core. I mean, I'm serious. I can't. Listen to this. You heard what he just said. Now what he has to say about that. A statement on his Twitter publicly put he wrote this up this is his boss he made him do it we all have bosses but listen to this i made comments earlier today in referencing the attack that took place on the united states capitol on january 6 2021 referencing that situation as a dust-up was irresponsible and negligent and i am sorry irresponsible and negligent and i am sorry now you know what that's a political that's political right there you can say it's a dust-up and sir that is you can make that case You can absolutely make that case. We're having a discussion. People use shorthand to describe things. All right? You can't can't order us to speak in a certain way, but that's what they're doing to him. Now, to his credit, and all of this is to his credit, I know his boss made him do this. Negligent, irresponsible, my foot. He goes on to say, I stand by my comments condemning violence in communities across the America. I say that while also expressing my support as an American citizen for peaceful protest in our country. Okay, of course. You know, you don't have to state these things anymore, okay? We all know that about America. He's doing it. That's a, that's a nod. That's a hat tip to the alleged peaceful protests of Black Lives Matter. And they were not. Even when they were so-called peaceful, they weren't peaceful. You can't shut down a bridge. That's not peaceful. You can't shut down Ninth Avenue with 10,000 people walking the wrong way with a police escort, mind you. That's not peaceful. Happened right in front of my house. He says this, I have fully supported all peaceful protests in America. I love, respect, and support my fellow coaches, players, and staff. And I work that, wait, players and staff that I work with and respect their views and opinions. Ay, ay, ay. The player's giving him a hard time now. This is still America, ma'am. Where's Tatiana Ibrahim? We need her to go lecture the uh, Roger Goodell. <laughs> um, am I hallucinating here? I feel like Mr. Han sometimes. Mr. Hond. Who remembers um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High? It's the pizza guy. Right over here, dude. Did you order a pepperoni with uh, anchovies? Yep. Okay. Now, what's going on here, Spicoli? Am I hallucinating? Oh, I love that movie. Eh, I don't know if it actually... I haven't watched it in 20 years. All right. But no, this is, um, this is not America. This is uh, the new woke, weirdo, 
This is ESPN. Who remembers ESPN? What what comes to mind when you think of ESPN? A bunch of guys, usually middle-aged, somewhat fat, uh, yelling about sports, right? That's what I remember. What's that guy's name who used to be on it? Berman? Not Len Berman, the other one. Chris Berman. Chris Berman. He seemed pretty good. Whatever happened to that guy? He's still uh, He's doing He's still it. there? Yeah. Has he gone woke, too? Probably. Probably. Uh, all right, so here is, who the hell is Sarah Spain? Now, at first, when I heard that she said this, I figured, well, she's just trying to be outrageous and get attention. And there are idiots out there who do that. Um, but no, she's a true believer. She is the woke cop. So the Tampa Bay Rays, the baseball team, the other night they decided to have Gay Pride Night, and every player will wear a Gay Pride patch. They'll put the team logo in the Gay Pride you know, motif, and that will support Gay Pride. Well, a couple of players weren't down with that. And you know what? This is America. Uh, I don't think you can make anybody wear the gay pride anything if they don't want to, right? Wrong. You must wear it to show your allegiance. What happens next is unbelievable. All right, give me a moment. I'll be right back with that. And doesn't it feel like Friday a little bit? It's kind of interesting. Anyway, uh, why is that? Be right back. Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, man, we just got another bushel of bananas in the break room, and they're no longer green. They're perfectly yellow and banged up a little bit, and we got about, um, I don't know, uh, 50 pounds of them down there. (laughs) Just love them. I can't resist them, and I got a bit of a problem in that regard. All right. Uh, ESPN. You like ESPN, right? I don't watch it. I don't care for it. It used to be something I would possibly for a couple of minutes, but it has gone totally jump the shark woke, and they've got their own woke policewoman, many of them actually. And uh, one of them is Sarah Spain. And these people are ordinary people, by the way. You know, they're, they're out there dictating how you should live and what players, uh, what they should wear on their uniform. I looked up her background. Okay, she went to college, and then she went into broadcasting. So what? What do you know about anything, Sarah Spain? Well, they put her on a panel, and I know it goes to it, it, it sometimes goes to these airheads' heads. All right, oh, I'm on television. I must be important. I must be influential. I must, oh, yes, I am a big deal. Of course I am, right, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you're not. Uh, you're ignorant, and especially when you say things like this. So, again, you know about the uh, the devil rays. No, not the devil rays. The rays, right? Tampa Bay rays, like the sun rays. Gay pride night. Every player must wear a gay pride flag. Five players say, we're not doing that. No disrespect, but uh, we don't care to do that. Then all hell breaks loose. <laughs> they want to kick them out of the league, and Sarah Spain says they're bigots for that. Cut 23. Pride is about inclusion, so you don't love them and you don't welcome them if you're not willing to wear the patch. And calling it a lifestyle reveals to me that you've done not even a modicum of research or understanding on this topic. It's what tends to happen when a privileged class isn't affected by things. This is not just about baseball. That religious exemption BS, which is used in sport and otherwise, also allows for people to be denied health care, jobs, apartments, children prescriptions, all sorts of rights. And so we have to stop tiptoeing around it because we're trying to protect people who are trying to be bigoted from asking for them to be exempt from it when the very people that they are bigoted against are suffering the consequences. 
It's a lot of talk there, right? Hey, you haven't done a modicum of it of, of research. I guess one of the guys said, yeah, the gay lifestyle is not my lifestyle. I don't want to support it with a patch. Oh, you haven't done a modicum of research. Well, what research did uh, Sarah Spain do? All right. Why, why can't you call it a lifestyle? What, 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 what? You tell me how enlightened you are. And by the way, the religious exemption, this is this has nothing to do with that. This has nothing to do with what, say, the Catholic Church uh, has applied for and is exerted when it comes to health care matters and things like that for, say, uh, uh, secular teachers in, in the parochial school district. Nothing. It does not apply one iota. That's not what they're talking about. These players just say, look, a couple of them said, we believe in Jesus. I don't want to do this. No disrespect. We love everybody, but uh, this is not for me. They're exempting themselves, not exempting others. Sarah, Sarah Spain. And then, you know, I figure, all right, so she's the one woman on the panel, and there are like seven people on this panel. So I figure everyone's going to clobber her, right? No, they just wait online to agree with her. They wait online to agree with her. What's this guy's name? David Dennis Jr. See a big deal over there at ESPN? Anyway, he says uh, uh, he agrees with her. Emphatically, cut 24. I would love to pile on these five guys for their anti-LGBT gesture that they just did. Stop. But really, this is a- All right. I do remember the lead here because he's going to talk for a while, and it's going to be fast and starts to sound a little bit like gibberish. But he says, I would love to pile on these guys. I would love to. And it's not just for rhetoric. He would love to pile on, but he has another, he has another uh, thing they can do. They can call for the... Don't say gay bill, as they try to say it is, to be uh, repealed, right? And I would love to pile on, but instead I found a unique way to uh, cut 24 again. But really, this is about the, the fruitlessness of the performative gesture of having these patches and having these flags when clearly they're not the only five guys who feel like this. Otherwise, Major League Baseball would have more LGBTQIS plus players or any in these leagues. If you want to have something that really means anything while you're in there in Florida, speak out about the don't say gay bill or do something that really says that you stand for folks that are putting a flag out there and get distracted by these conversations about who's wearing a patch and who's not. I think he said that there would be more gay players in the major leagues if more players on gay pride night at the Tampa Bay Rays stadium would wear gay patches. There'd be right. Isn't that what he, Hey, maybe uh, not to generalize, but maybe gay, maybe baseball isn't, uh, isn't something that a lot of gay men are interested in. All right. I, I don't know. That's uh, that's quite frankly, it would be very anecdotal, a very anecdotal observation. Here I am. Um, I happen to be straight. I happen to be heterosexual. And uh, I have very little interest in baseball. I did once a million years ago. Um, And then, uh, I don't know, it got too slow. Uh, The world picked up its pace, but I can't. I just can't. I can't watch eight seconds of it anymore. All right. This is this is Frank Isola. Now, the first time I heard this comment, I thought, all right, shut up. He's just he's. um, But actually, I think he's pretty smart. He knows which way. the. I mean, I wish he'd be brave and actually just say, you know, pound sand. This is ludicrous. Instead, he dances around a little bit. It's, he doesn't want to say something, but he has to say something. So he says something without saying something. All right? That's my assessment here. Cut 25. 
It's as much a marketing statement they're making as much as a political one. And I covered uh, uh, Major League Baseball for two years. I spent in a clubhouse. I did the NBA for over 20. Believe me when I tell you, there are a lot of players that feel this way. They're just not going to come out publicly and say it. And I think when the leagues kind of go down this road, this is what's going to happen, the fallout from it. The fallout from it. <laughs> just It was kind of a little bit all over the place. But, hey, he wants to... Uh, yeah, maybe he's not in the mood. Maybe he doesn't have the appetite that I have for a good Twitter war, all right? And there are people out there who will like, uh-oh, they're very precious. They're very, they just don't want anybody saying anything negative about them. But, hey, remember? Oh, who the hell is that philosopher that I like? Uh, Socrates, Plato, one of those, one of those smart Greek guys said, there is a sure-fired way, I don't think he said sure-fired, but there is a sure-fired way to avoid any and all criticism. Uh, do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing. Huh? Huh? As soon as you say something, as soon as you do something, you will get criticized. And once you accept that, you are you are home free. All right, here's one more guy. Another. These panelists, again, in line to agree with this crazy Sarah Spanish woman. Cut 26. If you feel this way, not feeling compelled to come out and say it publicly, which is why I point to the Rays from a leadership standpoint on this. You can't have your players doing this. It makes you look like you're regressing and you're completely backwards. It's 2022. Just imagine if four or five guys decided they were going to say this in terms of, I don't know, military things on their jerseys. People would react completely differently, and it's not all that different. Rays, get your house in order. Rays, get your house in order and make sure that not 95% of the team wear those uh, gay pride patches. 100% or else. And by the way, excuse me, joining the military is a choice. Being gay, I don't believe is. Being straight was, oh gosh, excuse me, me and those bananas. Um, being straight isn't. You're born, I do believe, you're born a certain way. And that's, that's why I find the whole pride thing a little bit uh, insane. A little bit insane. Wow, who needs that, huh? All in line to... I don't find five people talking and agreeing with each other all that interesting uh, when I know that some of them deep down, or not even that deep down, don't agree. All right, a couple of other quick things. Uh, Chesa Boudin, uh, sign of good things to come. That crazy district attorney in San Francisco lost the other night, so he's out of a job. Have they already uh, replaced him? Does it happen like that? I hope it does. Because uh, this is one of those soft on crime, criminals are great, cops suck uh, individuals, and he's gone. And uh, that was a real rebuke to those woke left nonsense policies, right? Well, Joe Biden, they asked him about this. What do you think about a, you know, a, a, a woke leftist being recalled in San Francisco, an overwhelmingly Democrat city? What do you think of that, Joe Biden? Listen to his uh, nonsensical answer. Cut 21. I think the voters sent a clear message last night. Both parties have to step up and do something about crime as well as gun violence. And I said, as you recall, with the first major bill we passed, we gave the states and localities billions of dollars, billions of dollars to have, and encourage them to use it to hire police officers, and reform the police department. Very few have done it. In addition to that, I sent the Congress a request for $300 million in this year's budget to deal with hiring cops, to retrain cops, as well as to make sure they are adequately dispersed around the communities. It's time they move. It's time the states 
and the localities spend the money they have to deal with crime, as well as retrain police officers, as well as provide for more community policing. It's time to get on with doing that, and that's what I think the message last night from the American public was in all the primaries. Yeah, wrong. Um, wow, just like a career politician. I don't know if he really believes that or if that's muscle memory spin or whatever, but as a career politician, he thinks the answer to everything is uh, money, grants, programs. It's about respect. It's about, you know, we have laws. It's about enforcing those laws. You have essentially canceled police. This defund the police movement, it wasn't the cops have the money they need. They really do. Uh, and in... They basically did not lose out much on funding. This is not a matter of money. Look at police departments. We have high-end stuff. We've got incredible equipment, great men and women. It's about supporting them. It's about not suing them. It's about not always trying to get them in trouble. And by the way, reform, that's another word that they love throwing around. Reform. We must reform the police. Well, what does that actually mean? Uh, more training. Okay. The, the police academy is six months. How long would you like it to be? Nine months. A year. Year and a half. How long? You can never have enough training, but at the same time, you can have too much training. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, we know how to do this. They broke it. New York City is a perfect micro, microsm, microcosm, microcosm. I hate it. I once heard somebody say microsm, and I'm like, ha, 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 you said microsm. And then for the rest of my life, I'm like, microsm. Uh, a microcosm is New York, where we had New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio first pretend that the NYPD was broken, and then he pretended to fix what wasn't broken, and then he managed to actually break it. And then you have um, airhead mayor Eric Adams. No integrity, no know-how, joined the police force to um, be an irritant, to get a easy paycheck, and to hang out with Al Sharpton. And to try to get his friends jobs, uh, just ask Chief Wilbur Chapman. This guy never provided, never made any meaningful contribution. None. Zero. He knows nothing. But he conned some fake news reporters into thinking that he was uh, tough on crime. And, of course, you know, identity politics, 2021, not that far after uh, the Black Lives Matter summer. The reporters in the city treated him with kid gloves. They were very gentle. They were very kind. To Eric Adams. I noticed they picked on the Asian guy. They didn't seem to have too much problem with that. So now we have uh, Eric. And you know what he is? He's like a sixth. He even looks like a sixth grader. So he goes to Washington, D.C. to testify. Just go there and testify. But you know what he really wants to be? A superstar. I'm a superstar. Just wants to be a superstar. And now you can have superstardom. It's in your, it's in your pocket. It's in his... Uh, by the way, I'm not even impressed with his suits. They're too um they're too tight. You know, you know where he probably gets these suits, suit supply, which is an um, not a great suit. It's okay. And they get him tailored and it looks ridiculous. I saw a picture of him once from the back. It's only tailored in the front. He looks kind of frumpy in the back. Anyway, he's uh he's all excited cuz he's going to Washington D.C. to testify about guns. For the 5,000th time. What's, his, what's her name? Carolyn Maloney had a committee hearing on guns. She's been there since 1992. We just need one more committee hearing on guns and everything's going to be great, right? But he's so excited. He's like on a plane. He's going on a business trip. Actually, more like a field trip because he's in sixth grade. Cut 28, please. Cut 28. On the plane, 
early morning heading to D.C. to testify in front of Congress, Congresswoman Maloney's uh, committee. We want to address the open proliferation of guns, not only in our city, but in the entire country. Wow. Guns that are sold or possessed illegally in the southern part of the country are making their way uh, to New York. Wow. creating a level of safety that we're really concerned about. We want to share that with it's creating a level of safety that we're really concerned about. All right. It's more dangerous than ever before. And uh, he doesn't have a clue. But he does know how to uh, go to events, leave events, take pictures, get on planes, get off planes, go here, go there. It's once he arrives at the destination, it's like, what does he bring to the table? And it's zero. By the way. Not only did he take a little video of himself on the plane, like a sixth grader going to the uh, the Capitol to meet a Congress member, he took a picture of himself in the airport. He took videos of himself walking through hallways, you know, like an important person would. And what does he do? He's got 50,000 people up here in the New York City Police Department. He could actually, if he knew anything, he could be getting it all together. He's got, how many people work for the city government? I think 300,000. No, he doesn't know how to do any of that, and it doesn't even interest him. It is an abomination. I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. That's, uh, that's, all right. Hey, you're on the phone. Uh, let's see. Let's go to uh, Susan in Brooklyn. Hi, Susan. Susan, are you there? Oh, shucks. Uh, Phil, he's in the city somewhere. Hi, Phil. Hi, Greg. Yeah. Good afternoon. Hi. Greg, regarding tonight's extravaganza produced by a a CBS executive, uh, do you think they will show what you showed on your show of the Capitol Police waving the people in, telling them, come on in, waving them right in the building? I doubt it. Do you think they'll show what you showed of a half a dozen Capitol Police pummeling the hell out of a guy on the floor? No. Do you think they'll talk about the unjustified killing of that woman, the use of deadly force, which was unjustified? Jonathan Turley wrote a whole column about it. He said that was a misuse of of deadly force. Even your father would would testify to that. Any 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 law enforcement body in this country would rule that that was unjustified. You don't have to be a law professor to understand that. It is so outrageous. And what really is obscene is there isn't greater outrage about what happened. That it's narrow little pockets. There are a handful of people in the whole country who seem to care. Well, there are more if they knew, but it's been censored. And you're right. We're not going to hear about it tonight. By the way, I think the guy is an ABC uh, producer. Hey, Phil, all great points. As you know, you watch Newsmax, of course. I love showing those uh, videos because they are so important. Uh, So important. 
it looks to me like the Capitol Hill police, well, they were complicit with perhaps Nancy Pelosi, who knows what, but you've seen it. I can prove it. They let the people inside. They let them inside. I'm not saying the whole department is uh, crummy, but a vast majority of it is, I believe. Thank you, Phil. Greg, God bless you. You're All the right. only one who showed it. Thank you, sir. And I got some more stuff tonight. Susan. Susan's in here. She's back. Hi. What's up? Hi, Greg. Listen, I heard you a few days ago really talking about that you were considering or that it came into your uh, universe that maybe you should run for mayor. And I just and? totally encourage that um, and that you that it will present itself one way or another if you just keep envisioning what that would be. And, of course, your family and many considerations. But I believe that you could definitely win um, by the two C's. Obviously, crime, which you have a tremendous background, and you would have your dad and Mayor Giuliani, um, and then charter schools, which as much as I thought, you know, I was really admired, Curtis, but if he would have talked more about charter schools than cats, um, I think he would have, like, mobilized a lot more people, because charter schools will really resonate with the minority community. It is. I agree. I agree. I agree. Uh, the cats did not help Curtis, but Curtis, look, what was why Curtis didn't win is because of the Republican affiliation here in New York. And by the way, there are multiple ways you can run for mayor. You know, Rudy Giuliani, people forget, actually ran as a liberal. Yes, he was a Republican, but he also had the liberal line. Hey, uh, guess what? Uh, you're listening. You're hearing things. Uh, and so are certain members of the media. Let's see here. New York Sun. Conservative TV host already mulling a challenge to New York City mayor. Uh, with Eric Adams' approval ratings tanking, political foes are making noises about challenging the first-year mayor by Raina Weinstein. Not even a year into New York City's Mayor Adams's first term, uh, with his plummeting popularity, it is inspiring his political foes to consider challenging him in the next mayoral race. The first challenger to step out of the shadows may well be from stage right. Greg Kelly, the son of a former New York City police commissioner, has teased his interest in running against the mayor on Twitter and on his radio show. Mr. Kelly, a former Marine and Fox News correspondent, would be the first candidate to enter the race against Mr. Adams. Six months into his term, Mr. Adams' approval ratings are already tanking. In a recent New York One poll, fewer than a third of New Yorkers said the city was headed in the right direction, and more than half said it was headed in the wrong one. Now, as a red meat Republican, Mr. Kelly would likely face an uphill climb to Gracie Mansion. The conservative is a supporter of President Trump, who has claimed that the 2020 election was stolen. Now, one little caveat here, and I thought the reporter did an excellent job. However, I am not a registered Republican. Keep that in mind. Uh, Let's see here. While he hasn't officially entered the race, Mr. Kelly seems to be modeling any potential candidacy around that of Mr. Trump's. Mr. Kelly wrote in a Trumpian tweet Tuesday night that lots of people think he should pursue the office of mayor, but right now I have no plans to run. On his radio show Wednesday, Mr. Kelly was less coy, bashing Mayor Adams for traveling to Washington, D.C. to testify in favor of gun control instead of fighting gun violence at home. He again teed up the possibility of a challenge to the incumbent. And uh, the fact is, I am listening uh, to what people are saying. I'm watching. And uh, who knows? Who knows? 
I was, I was devastated when he won because I've known Eric Adams for a long time. And I know he has zero ability and zero integrity. And I also know that he fooled, fooled. Not a lot of people. You only have to fool a few people to become mayor of this city these days. And you can look it up. He did 8 million people, 8 million people. He got something like 200,000 votes and that ranked choice voting crap. Anyway, Susan, thank you for the encouragement. What do you think? They, they're, they're writing articles about it. Twitter, New York Times guys tweeting about it. What do you think? This, uh, there's some serious buzz here. Yes, and I believe that you can really position yourself as a pragmatist, that you want to duplicate success and that it doesn't have any, you know, you want to go away from failed policies and duplicate success. Susan, I am considering it. Thank you very much. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. January 6th committee hyping up expectations ahead of first hearing. Well, what the hell are they going to pull off here? That's the Chiron. That's the banner right now on uh, on MSNBC, which, by the way, at this hour is anchored by Katie Tur, T-U-R. She's as fake news as they come. I hear she has a new book out, and it's one of those books, you know, I'm a woman, hear me... Hear me cry. I don't know. Whatever happened. To, I actually come to think of it. I am woman. Hear me roar. That would be great. Too many of them are sniffling like wimps and victims. Permanent victimhood. Katie Turr writes in her book that something, uh, something awkward happened in the office. Are you ready for this? 15 years ago. 15 years ago, Katie Turr, she's only 23 years old. Wow, she's just 23. 23. We've infantilized uh 20-somethings, especially 23-year-old women. And what happened to her that was so traumatizing that it actually made its way into her book 15 years later? Uh, She's working at News 12, the Bronx. And um, what happened was some news director sits her down and says, "Um, your breasts are too big for what you're wearing. Although she doesn't really recall whether it was breasts or boobs. I hate that word, by the way. Um... Yeah, look, number one, news directors, nobody should be talking like that, I don't think. I don't think that's very nice. Um, I don't think that's very nice at all. But she's 23 years old. She's a college graduate. It's 2000, when did this happen? Seven. It's not 1907. It's not 1807. Stick up for yourself. Tell the guy off. Say, I'm not going to tolerate that kind of speech. No, but she's only 23, and she needs the job. You know, if you straighten somebody out on the spot like that, I don't think they're going to fire you. In fact, you may just guarantee that you won't be messed with again, and you're going to keep the job, period. I just don't get it. I don't get this rolling over and uh, no. Mm Mm-mm. And, you know, you could say, that's easy for you to say, Greg. You know, you're a man. And you're uh, this, that, and the other thing. Well, I was 23 once. I was 20 once. I was 19 once. I've had a few things happen to me. I've had some ultimatums. I've had some ethical dilemmas. 
I've had some harassment come my way, believe it or not, yes. And I don't freaking stand for it, whether it's applied against me or somebody else. You know, a job is worth a lot these days, but not everything. You can't stand for certain behavior. And I wonder if Katie had said something then, maybe the news director would have learned a lesson. But no, what do we do? We just outed the guy because, well, anybody can find out who it is. It's pretty easy enough. How many News 12 news directors were there in uh, 2007? Oh, yeah, that guy. She didn't mention his name in the book. Well, it, those things are discoverable. Uh, how many women behind her? Hey, let's face it. You, call, you tell me, by the way. I think this women helping women thing is a, um, it would be great if it were true, but I don't think it's true. Now, Mika Brzezinski talks about women helping women and uh, the value in this and the, no, unfortunately, it's dog eat dog, especially with the men, the men and women. Very few people are looking out for each other. And when they do, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes uh, they're looking for something. You know what I mean? And that can, that can get in the way. And that's human nature to a point. And uh, look, it's a mixed up, complicated world. What makes it less mixed up, less complicated is uh, a relationship with God. And quite frankly, I think I've been trying his patience lately. <sighs> but he gives you, he gives you another chance. I hope. There are three videos that are out there right now going super viral. One in California, a crazy lady uh, approaching Joe Biden's presidential motorcade. Now, she's a pro-abortion activist, and she runs out like a lunatic with a bullhorn yelling stuff. So she's a threat to others, but mostly to herself, because it looks like she's going to get run over by one of the vehicles. So a police officer grabs her rather aggressively. I think it was totally appropriate given the circumstances, given the uh, the danger. I mean, she's in the middle of the street and dozens of vehicles going by. I mean, she could have been run over or hit. Grabs her, brings her to the side of the road. She's yelling and screaming and struggling, resisting arrest, which, by the way, is not even against the law in many municipalities anymore, including our own Alvin Bragg. Uh, is not going to charge you for it if you resist arrest. So why not resist arrest? And you know what everyone's doing? Heckling the cops. And they break out their phones. They're yelling at the cops. This woman was a threat, again, mostly to herself. And our community is on her side. It really is an anti-life force. The left. Anti-life. They don't want to have children. I heard some uh, uh, liberal talking about, well, if I have kids, uh, the carbon footprint... Now, apparently, the typical car, whatever a carbon footprint is, what do we put out? Two tons a year? I don't necessarily buy any of this stuff. Did you hear Harry and, Harry and Meghan, after getting booed in London, came back to L.A. on a private jet? Borrowed, of course. These people are real uh, mooches, by the way, the royals. And everyone's pointing out that that would be about 60,000 metric tons of uh, soot, I guess. Carbon monoxide, dioxide. What's worse? Monoxide. Um, the dioxide is okay, but not too much of it. Not too much of it. There's another video going around. It's in a electronic store in, I think it looks like a phone store in Phoenix, Arizona. Store is empty, except for a clerk who comes out uh, from the back and is standing at the register. And a young man enters and approaches her. And you hear her say, how can I help you? And the young man proceeds to beat the hell out of her. 
for about two minutes straight. Hundreds of punches and kicks. She's bleeding profusely and screaming. And she's in that room by herself. And it goes on and on and on and on and on. And I think so much of the toxic conversation that's been going on in America has led to both of these moments. Remember the whole Karen thing? That's, well, remember it. It happens every day. If you're a white woman who stands up for herself, is vaguely assertive around a person of color, you rub the, whoa, that's cancel, that's, that's cancellation territory right there. It was national network news when a white woman in St. Louis did not feel comfortable letting into her building, her apartment building, a complete stranger. The rules of these buildings generally say you can't leave the door open and only let people in that you know. That's what the rules say. It was national news. David Muir. Hello, I'm David Muir. I am trying my hardest to be a serious person. Yes, I am David Muir. Um, I don't know it yet. I look at it and I wonder... If there was a racial component to what happened to this woman in Phoenix, if there was a racial component to what happened to that student who was killed at the LeBron James School for Kids Who Don't Learn Good, could there have been? Yeah, I'm pretty sure there may have been. But you can't talk about that. Although I can. (laughs) And I do freely because, well, it's fair. It's honest, and America needs to have an honest and fair and full discussion about race instead of the phony, affected, unhelpful conversation we're having right now. At one point, I made this, I said this many times, Barack Obama was not afraid to lead this conversation in the most helpful way, actually. It's one of the reasons why so many of you fell in love with the guy. He had me conned for a while as well. So these these gripping episodes of violence and the threat of violence against Justice Kavanaugh. And Joe Biden pledged to unite this country, remember? And I give you my solemn promise on this sacred day, my whole soul is in this, uniting our country, bringing us together. He made a solemn, sacred promise to God. His whole soul was in it. And look at what he does. He goes on the Jimmy Kimmel show and struggles to be coherent. And fails, by the way. He failed. He failed at coherency. He, uh, did you find the incoherent moment yet? <laughs> it's one hell of an incoherent moment. I got to uh, say something about who's ever cutting these clips for the morning show. I have a feeling they're a Democrat. <laughs> just like I, I saw one imbecilic moment after the next in that interview. And I see. Let's see. Let's see what we have here. I think you got the one time that Joe Biden was, uh, you know, somewhat late night talk show appropriate, making a vaguely funny joke. Cut nine. Oh, maybe you want me to. 
Just stay on Fox all the time. <laughs> you know, they're very concerned that I might not ask you serious questions. So I don't want oh, you know. they really ask serious questions. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I don't um. want to upset them at all. Do you mind if I ask you some serious questions? Because this is, not um, unfortunately. Not I never mind having a conversation with someone really smart. Well, uh, Guillermo, maybe you need to take over. <laughs> <laughs> Cute. Cute. Did I tell you he uh, he's, he comes out wearing a mask? And then, ah, here we go. All right, just take it off of my Twitter. It's beautiful. It's right there. <laughs> uh, here's another one. He can't remember McConnell's name. Tried to say McConnell, a man, is a word. <laughs> oh, actually, no, that's just uh, Kimmel being, a, uh, being liberal. Take it off my Twitter, okay? Did you find it? All right, Kevin, let me give you a hand here. Um, look, he was weak and divisive as he normally is. And I noticed this, the crowd gave him like 30 seconds of applause. They just went totally crazy for him. I Like a rock star. I mean, literally like a popular rock star. Who's a popular rock star these days? Bon Jovi? You know, like household name famous that everybody knows. Bono? Somebody like that. They went on and on and on. And um, do you think that's uh, representative of anything? I do not. All right. Give me one more clip from this silly show. Uh, Cut the 11. Can't you issue an executive order? Trump passed those out like Halloween candy. Yes, sir. Isn't that something that could happen? Well, I, I, I have issued executive orders within the power of the presidency to be able to deal with these, everything having to do with guns, gun ownership, whether or not you have to have a waiting, all, all the things are within my power. But what I don't want to do, and I'm not being facetious, I don't want to emulate Trump's abuse of the Constitution and constitutional authority. And, and so, and I mean that sincerely, because I often get asked, look, the Republicans don't play it square. Why do you play it square? Yeah. Well, well, guess what? If we do the same thing they do, our democracy will literally be in jeopardy. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm not a joke. Not a joke. I'm not being facetious. What a bunch of sheep in that audience. I, 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 sh- I showed you yesterday, Trump, for all of his grandiosity on Twitter, and I love the guy, love the policies, love the style. He played within the, within the lines, within the box. You know, we had a policy, and then they sued us, and they won, so we appealed, and we won, and then it went to the higher court, and we lost, and then we appealed, and we won, and what they're going to do now is sue us at the district level, we'll appeal, like, just, this is not the way a dictator speaks, you know what I mean? All right, uh uh-oh, I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. This is the moment where Joe Biden loses it last night. He lost it a whole bunch. There were so many weird things that happened. The mask moment, I told you, he comes out alone. He's wearing a mask. Then he takes his mask off to go over to Jimmy and shake his hand and sit next to him. Right? That just exemplifies so much of the insanity that we're in or we were in with COVID. Right? Here I am wearing a mask by myself. Now I'm close to you. I'm not wearing a mask. The inconsistency, uh, the dishonesty, the virtue signaling of it all. Uh, what else there? Um, oh, the crowd cheers for about two minutes. Now, Joe Biden, I think, is at 33% approval rating right now. Where do they find these people? Two minutes for Joe Biden? Well, Greg, it's Dem- it's, uh, it's uh, California. He's very popular in California. Hey, look, Democrats, have they have no use for this guy anymore. Everybody knows. And then 
Jimmy, who's a very talented, witty guy. He really is. Maybe, maybe he had to get political. I mean, look, I decided to go. Pol- I used to be pretty neutral, and then to me, the stakes were so high I couldn't do it anymore. And it was time to pick a side and go for it and stay with it. And maybe he genuinely believes this stuff. I don't know, but he's genuinely talented. I don't like him as much as I used to. I don't really, you know, no, he's gotten vicious and weird. Anyway, here's a moment where uh, he loses everything. Go ahead. I, the, Joe is trying to find the word effective or some synonym to the word effective. And listens to what listen to what happens. What we haven't done is we haven't been able to communicate it in a way that is, let uh, me um, say another way. Well, see, that's kind of perfect. Yeah, well, we haven't been able to communicate but it. But look how the... Again, don't you think the word effective, he's trying to say something like that, right? Just what does he say there? One more time. What we haven't done is we haven't been able to communicate it in a way that is. Uh, yeah. Um, let me say another way. Well, see, that's kind of perfect. Yeah. Well, I've we been able to communicate. But look how the president. <laughs> now, Jimmy Kimmel is kind of like, you see, that's kind of perfect. You fail to communicate right there and you can't communicate strategically from the White House. I think that's what Jimmy was doing. Ooh, that's more interesting than I initially gave him credit for. Um, so he gets away. Oh, and there he is. They don't even ask him about poor Justice Kavanaugh. Poor Justice Kavanaugh. And I don't like to, I don't call on Moscow Mitch McConnell all that often, but uh, let's see what he said. Cut seven. This is exactly the kind of event that many worried the unhinged, reckless, apocalyptic rhetoric from prominent figures toward the court going back many months and especially in recent weeks could make more likely. This is exactly, exactly why the Senate passed legislation very shortly after the leak to enhance the police protection for justices and their families. Oh, boy, that was not spellbinding at all. Even though I agree with the guy on this stuff, it's... uh... Um, Anne is in New York City. Is this the Anne from the Bronx that we love? Who is this? Hello? No, it's not. It's Anne from uh, Midtown. Oh, you. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Hi, how are you? Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Welcome. What's going on? Yeah. Okay, Greg, first of all, love your show. Um, Thank you. 100% <laughs> agree. I'm a native New Yorker. I'm tired of all this, you know what, garbage. Um and I think you would make a great mayor, second only to your father. I will say, <laughs> I met you on the street several years ago, and you were very nice and kind. And I said, please ask your father to run for mayor. <laughs> um, but, yes, I totally would endorse you. I think we need to uh, change the political landscape very much so. And. I love it. Thank you so much. Remember, I uh, I may be uh, asking you for money someday if I really do this, you know, but right now I'm just thinking about it. Nothing's official. Um, thank you, Ann, very much. Hey, tell me a little bit about yourself. What do you do? Um, I am in sales. I always have been. And uh, the other thing I just wanted to say is that I love the way you talked about your father going to um, – the recent Top Gun movie with him, yeah. and when he was on your show, you referred to him as Sir. I thought that was fabulous. Oh, thank you so much. Although, yeah. I will tell you the this. 
it just shows that you're raised. Well, yeah. thank you. Thank you. He was the best father I could ever have asked for. He really was. <laughs> but I will tell you this. I don't really like it when people call me sir, especially if they're a lot younger. I used to do it a lot because I learned it, you know, at home in the military. But then you're of a certain age. I mean, it's like it's like calling a woman ma'am. You know, that's like you're not supposed to do that anymore. And I kind of understand why. You know what I mean? Well, yes. Um, I don't mind it now because I'm around your age. But uh, I went to school down south. And at 18, when I was a freshman in college, people were calling me ma'am. And I was like, who are you talking to? <laughs> I know. The French, they do it a little bit better. They say madame. Yeah. Madame, Madame, or, uh, you know, may I help you, ma'am, or madam, or mademoiselle. Uh, and thank you so much. So kind of you. And, uh, I appreciate it so much. That was a beautiful memory. I saw the Top Gun movie with my dad in 86 and again in 2022. Let's do one more. Thank you, Ann. Uh, Bill is in, uh oh, he's in the home state of Joe Biden, Delaware. Hey, what's going on? Uh oh, he hung up or he, uh, what happened to him? Um, let's go to Leo in Manhattan. Hi, Leo. Hello, Greg. How are you doing? Fine, fine. Greg, I have a, if I can have a two short comments on two subjects. One of them is the, is the players. According to Dominic Carter, owners of the sport teams should have absolute right to say we're going to, I don't know, celebration of uh, Ukraine. Everybody's going to wear blue and yellow patch. Even if it's Russian players. No, no, I don't think. I disagree with uh, Dominic. It's like, uh, remember that movie Bananas with Woody Allen and the president comes out and said, we're going to make everybody wear the underwear on the outside of the pants and make them change them every 15 minutes so we can check. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, I know things seem a little bit crazy right now, you know, the division in the country and the the strife and, uh, yeah, school shootings. It's uh, some horrible things happening. But I, I people sometimes hate it when I mention this, but overall, things are great. Well, things are very, very good compared to where they were, say, a thousand years ago. The life expectancy was like 30 all right, <laughs> just things are so much better now. You got to be grateful for the time you were born. And a thousand years ago, it sounds like a long time ago, and it is, but the earth has been here for like four billion years. We've made such incredible improvements. My gosh, I am in a perfectly air conditioned room. I like it at 71 degrees, sometimes 70. And it's right there. And I got shades that are automatic and I'm watching the world on television and I can send emails and I can send a tweet and inform a half million people immediately what I'm thinking right now. I can order any dish I want in the world right now on my phone. I can uh, you can get just about the phone is like a remote control for the world. And there's a lot of things I don't like about the phone, but it is an amazing device. Just think, I mean, what they would have made of this. Actually, there's a very funny bit by Colin Quinn, and he said, can you imagine if, um, you know, Caligula from Rome, if they gave him, say, Tinder, you know, first of all, he'd be able to figure it out in like, you know, 10 seconds, and he's swiping left and right, and the communication and the messages. Caligula would be freaked out by this stuff. Caligula! You know, hey, look, I'd like to have a good time and all, but this is a little much. 
Yeah, some real decadent uh, applications for the phone as well. But, you know, overall in America even, forget a 1,000 years ago, 50 years ago, what was this country going through? There were like three hijackings, airplane hijackings a month, assassinations all the time, universities taken over for like semesters at a time by crazy radical students, students being shot and killed, uh, Kent State. President couldn't appear in public without getting egged or tomated or something. 1968, one year, RFK assassinated. Uh, Martin Luther King assassinated. I mean, just crazy, crazy stuff. America was on fire. This is this is pretty placid. I know it's tense. And unfortunately, we've got a president that wants to intensify it. And we got a Democrat congressman assisted by a lot of rhinos as well. They want to intensify it. Hey, one other thing, 50 years ago, what were we dealing with? Vietnam, late 60s, early 70s, hundreds of casualties, fatalities a week. We don't have anything like that now. I mean, and that's, uh, that's pretty good. That actually is kind of a miracle when you think about it. Um, Joe Biden, by the way, is uh, furious with the press. He went back on Air Force One. You know, I've been on Air Force One, not to uh, boast, but yes, I've been on Air Force One about a dozen or so times back when I was a reporter for Fox News covering the administration of George W. Bush. And in on Air Force One, the president has an office and his quarters and all that stuff is in the front part of the plane. I mean, two thirds of the plane are his, actually three quarters of it. And there are a lot of people on the plane. You got security, you got his staff, you got all this stuff, but he has it great. He's got his own office. He's got a bedroom. He's got everything. Then the way in the back of the plane, there's a little section for reporters. There's about maybe 10 seats or so for reporters. And you each take a turn. Like, for instance, I would be from Fox News, but I would be representing all the cable networks because you can't fit on everybody. So I would represent CNN, MSNBC. I would be the pool reporter. And you'd have some random print reporter who would represent all the newspapers. So if anything happened, we would be there. We'd write it down. And as soon as the plane landed, we'd call it in. We'd call in the information. And every now and then, once in a blue moon, uh, the president would actually walk back himself and kick it around with the reporters, ask some questions. And every now and then, they go off the record. Hey, listen, I just want to talk to you. I don't want anybody to write about this. I don't want anybody to make a story about this. And you can agree to that. Those are called ground rules. And anyway, Joe Biden went to the back of the plane and shoot out the reporters. He's so upset about what he thinks. What he thinks is bad coverage. You're not talking about the economic growth enough. You're not talking about all these interesting things I'm doing on guns. You're not talking. Why don't you talk about that, man? So he lays into him pretty good. Now, it's off the record, but, you know, you're the president. You're talking to 15 people with uh, microphones. Word's going to leak out. And word leaked out. And... um. People are so. What's my point here? Isn't it kind of amazing that Joe Biden, who's not been asked about the laptop, not been asked about the laptop since he became president, the laptop, which we now know was Hunter Biden's, it's totally authenticated. He said he lied to the entire country when he said it was Russia disinformation, and he is not asked about that. He's not. He can go. What did these reporters ask him about? They asked him about what happened 90 seconds ago. Just up to the minute, up to the minute, up to the minute, up to the minute. Because they all want to make news, make news, make news. It's a very foolish thing to do, by the way. It's very common. It's very foolish. These, you know, these Sunday shows. You ever wonder why you don't like the Sunday shows? 
because they're not talking to you. They're not talking to an audience. They're talking to the three reporters who write about those shows. And maybe, maybe they'll get something to, new to write about. So it's all about making news, making news, making news. Instead of learning something, instead of understanding something, they just want to make news. So now they just go around trying to... Now, you'd make a hell of a lot of news if you asked about the, uh, the laptop, if you asked about Hunter, if you asked about, quite frankly, your cognitive skills, Mr. President. Americans, uh, let's see, 90% of them think you're losing it. There's only one guy who did that in, I think, uh, the entire presidency so far. James Rosen, friend of mine by, uh, at Newsmax, asked him, and he did it in the most respectful way. He said, sir, there's a new poll this morning that says a majority of Americans have concerns about your cognitive ability. Why do you think that is? And he says, I have no idea. And he just laughs and moves on. Now, um... That wasn't much of an answer, but whatever. Okay, not the most pleasant question, but a legitimate one. And James Rosen gets uh, reamed on social media for, uh, and reamed, uh, not on social media, the cable news host went after him, Morning Joe, Lawrence O'Donnell, all those guys. How dare he do that? A disgraceful question. What's disgraceful about it? That's what people are talking about. When you hear him on the on the Kimmel show, and he can't find a word, he wants to say a... F- I think he's looking for the word effective, uh, you know, strong. We can't, we're not a, a communicating well would do. But what does he do? Listen to this again. What we haven't done is we haven't been able to communicate it in a way that is, let me say another way. Well, see, that's kind of perfect. Yeah, well, we haven't been able to communicate but it. But look how way. the press. <laughs> that's kind of perfect. You haven't been able to communicate. A demonstration of not being able to communicate. Ooh, Jimmy, that's better than I thought. Jimmy, not bad. Uh, oh, he mentioned his daughter, Ashley Biden. And he just blurts out for no apparent reason. She's not even there. It's my daughter's birthday today. June 8th, Ashley Biden. I guess she's 40-something. Good for her. All right. I feel a certain connection to Ashley Biden, even though I've never met her. It's Joe's daughter. You never hear about her. Oh, before I get to her, did you guys read Miranda Devine's column? Oh, gee whiz. This Hunter Biden is too much. He says Joe Biden thinks he is a god. Joe Biden thinks that Hunter Biden is a god, according to Hunter Biden. Uh, Let's see here. Miranda Devine. You know, this is she wrote a book that you should read. Laptop from hell. And uh, let's just see if I can grab this for you guys. All right, give me a moment. Where's that story? Um, She says that Hunter Biden has been boasting to friends about how how much Joe listens to him. Joe hangs on his every word. Joe believes that Hunter Biden is the smartest guy in the world. And Hunter is going around to strangers he barely met at the Chateau Marmont pool which is some celebrity hangout in Hollywood. Yeah, my dad, he basically works for me. I can get him to do anything I want. He's saying it out loud. All right, back to Ashley Biden. Ashley has suffered from various addictions. And uh, how do I know this? Well, I read her diary. I kind of feel guilty admitting that, but uh, it was published on the Internet by, I think, the, I don't know, a conservative website. It was out there. It was in the fall of 2020. And I get a little alert, Ashley Biden's diary is online, so I read the thing. And I don't put it on television. I really think if you find a diary and somebody found this thing, they didn't steal it, by the way. Project Veritas did not steal this diary. Now they're trying to arrest, uh, they're hassling Project Veritas. Oh, and they also harassed 
There's a guy running for governor in Michigan. He's doing very well in the polls. Guess what? The FBI arrested him this morning because he was there on January 6th, which was a year and a half ago. And they arrest him a couple of months before the election. What the hell has happened to you, FBI? Is anything worth it? You've ruined the organization. You have. Christopher Ray. You know, that's one of the problems when you bring in these outsiders who have never never worn a gun. They're intimidated by those who have. I don't know what the hell's happening there, but this should not have happened. The place should be broken up. I have no interest, no need for the Federal Bureau of Incompetence anymore. I think they should split it up and all those investigators should go work for individual U.S. attorneys. Be employees, investigators for the Department of Justice. No more FBI. You blow it. Arresting a guy for January 6th. A year and a half after January 6th. Just before the Michigan election and he's doing well in the polls. Anyway, Ashley Biden, bottom line is this. She's out there somewhere. Joe Biden, her birthday was yesterday. I read her diary because it was online. I didn't make a big deal out of it. I know she's struggling from it. She has addiction issues. And I, as I was reading the thing, I thought so many, so many of the answers she's looking for are in the Bible. So many of the answers she's looking for, that you're looking for, that I'm looking for, are in the Bible. I am no master of the Bible. I have such a long ways to go. But I've come a pretty far way as well. And it's helped me. And Ashley, I think it could help you. I think it could help your brother, Hunter, actually. You know, Joe is, um, Joe says he's a man of faith, and sometimes he'll quote scripture, but um, he usually just brags about knowing the Pope. He doesn't, if he is a believer, what a wasted opportunity, because he doesn't talk about it. Did it really? I don't think so. I think he's a materialist. I think he's more interested in matters of the flesh, which is very easy to find yourself more interested in. But I would think a man of his age that has been through everything that he's been through at the age of uh, 96, he's 79, but at his advanced age, that he would have more to say about that. Strangely, no. Jimmy in Rockland County, hello. Hey, Greg, how are you, pal? Good. What's going on? Well, I just want to say I'll be behind you. I was at a union job, and I had about eight guys. They're all like, I'd vote for him, too. Very mixed uh, racial blend of people. I think nobody considers anything but having a good, common sense, smart guy, you know, in the office. And you'd be great to listen to your bantering back and forth with that media. Very humorous. <laughs> well, listen, uh, thank you. I could, uh, But you know what? I would think about I would. There, there are things that I would do. There are things that I would do on day one. There are things that I would get done. And, you know, media is one thing and sparring with reporters, but that is an all-in job. And uh, I actually think I could do it. I actually think I could. Jimmy, I appreciate it so much. So kind of you to point that out. Say hi to the fellas. Uh, Howie is in Boston. Hi, Howie. Howie is a Red Sox fan. Hopefully, Hopefully you'll talk to me. Yeah, sure. You know what? That's not New York is not like that. Uh, you know, we're pretty right. much. Uh, but go, go ahead. What's on your mind? Okay, I, I watched the whole interview last night, and uh, I didn't recognize Joe Biden by the in, in a way. The whole thing was just so it was sort of uh, 
uh, false. It was just a discussion. There was nothing really that came out of it. I think Joe Biden is probably the worst guy that's come along in many, many years in politics. Personally, let me just explain. I, I served uh, in the Vietnam War, whatever. I'm getting old. I'm going to be 84 years old. And uh, I remember a time when people could, could discuss politics without getting angry at each other. But I've never seen a time to, uh, like it is today to t- discuss politics. People are ready to take out the bat. I mean, it's nuts. I used to spend time in Washington with uh, different, senators, uh, the, the, the different senators from Massachusetts. People could talk and converse. Not anymore. All right, but let me ask you one thing. How, Howie, if you go way back to 1970, the 60s, I mean, think. I mean, weren't things as intense, if not more intense? I mean, this country was on fire. I mean, the riots, the protests, it was, it dwarfed Black Lives Matter. It did. And the riots after Martin Luther King's assassination. I mean, really think back. I know it seems bad right now and everybody's at each other's throats. But back then, they were at each other's throats. And there would seem to be more on the line. Let's face it, with the war, people dying all the week. Are you sure? I want you to think back for a moment, all right? Think back. Really get back to that moment. 1970, May, Kent State just happened. I mean, come on, right? You could discuss the issue today. Nobody, nobody's open to discussion. Period. Well, who are you talking to? I mean, I mean, I don't know. Look, I would have to respectfully disagree. I talk to Democrats a lot. I mean, I, I, I can make my points. Uh, Twitter, of course, we didn't have Twitter back then, and that's a pretty uh, man. Every now and then, I look at Twitter. I come off like a real jerk on this thing. <laughs> it just—it's too much fun, though. Howie, I gotta go. Thank you so much. Interesting point. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow, 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 wow. J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez. Uh, can't make up my mind about her. Do I like her or do I not like her? I really like that song, uh, Waiting Through the Night. Oh, da, 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 da. and the Let's Get Loud song. Uh, but I think that's it. And those songs are 23, 24 years old now. But she's still out there, you know, shaking her ass, grabbing her breasts, doing her thing. And now she has a new movie, which I think the whole movie is about her halftime show in 2020. She was the halftime act. And they made her perform with Shakira. And I, uh, what's a, whatever, whatever. We're going to be together. I'll be here and you'll be there. That one, right? That's Shakira. Uh, So J-Lo is all offended that Shakira had to be on the stage with her. And like, you know, I'm a Latina woman and I've, um, I'm successful and it should just be me. Well, uh, you're going to make a whole movie about that? <laughs> that you're a diva? That you're jealous? I mean, I, and, but no, no, no. You see, it's an ethnicity thing. Oh, you see, if it were a white woman or, if, you know, a Latina. And then they get Ben Affleck saying, yeah, I don't know, J-Lo. I just don't know. I mean, you've done pretty well. It's been a long time since uh, I heard those songs that I liked. Uh, and, you know, I just, you're still in the game. Good for you. Enjoy it. But you want more. I mean, literally, oh, there's another song I know by her. Uh, that, 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 don't be fooled by the rocks that I got. I'm still, I'm still Jenny from the block. Used to have a little, now I got a lot. 
but I know where I came from. Ooh, ooh. And, of course, she's sh- literally shaking her ass at her pool with her movie star boyfriend. And she's been doing this. She's been in movies. She's all this stuff she's got going on, and she's still miffed. It's kind of interesting, right? Uh, everybody, no matter who you are, if you choose to be negative, oh, boy, the universe. I hate to say the universe, but it you can be negative. Let's see. Where do we got here? Okay. And then she says this, my whole life I have battled and battled to be heard, to be seen, and to be taken seriously. All right, let me say that with a little bit less. My whole life I have battled and battled to be heard, to be seen, and taken seriously. Now, mind you, uh, this article has a picture of her grabbing her breasts, right? And I, So I think cleverly tweeted that picture of her grabbing her breasts, and I have it right below. The caption is, my whole life I have battled and battled to be heard, to be seen. I have no problem with a performer grabbing their breasts, by the way, or anybody else for that matter. But, 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 what am I getting at here? Um, hey, welcome to the world, J-Lo. All right? It's a battle. It's a fight. It's interesting. We don't always get what we want. Everybody feels disrespected. Everybody feels unloved. And by the way, Ben loves you. <laughs> Uh, it's just, it's mind-boggling to me that she would make something like this. Considering all that she has, she wants more. And, you know, no offense, Shakira has has more recent hits than you do, J-Lo. She does. I don't know what they are, but she does. I just know that Shakira has been, and you know, she's almost more famous for just being J-Lo, right? She's famous for J-Lo and... Being a dancer. She's got a sister named Linda, who I know, or used to know. She seems very nice. Oh, she went to work for the, maybe I don't like her so much anymore, the Biden administration. Yes, Linda Lopez now works at the Biden administration as a communications uh, person for the Department of Education. Well, tonight will be the January 6th committee primetime hearing. I will watch it. Newsmax will have uh, portions of it. We'll be covering portions of it. And, uh... Here's what, unfortunately, I know ahead of time will not happen. They will not talk about Ashley Babbitt. If the January 6th committee were at all legitimate, Ashley Babbitt would be the prime subject. But this woman who was murdered by Capitol Police, her name will not be heard. Tonight, I am honored to host her husband, Aaron Babbitt, tonight on Newsmax at 7 p.m. 7 p.m., Aaron Babbitt. He's been through so much, and it's such a disgrace more than a disgrace, but there will be justice. There will be justice. She was denied military honors at her funeral. She was denied military honors at her funeral. She rated them, having served in the Air Force in Iraq, by the way. Photographed at one point with General Abizade. Ah, America, America, I'm worried about you. I'm worried about us. I'm worried about us. But I'm optimistic as well. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to check in with Larry, uh, very quickly in, uh, Nevada, California. Hey, are you the one who, are you the one who got, you got your parents to listen to the show, right? No, unfortunately not. They've been gone for a while. Oh, I'm I sorry. Had my children, children, no, not at all. I've had my, my children listen to and watch Newsmax. I just wanted to say thank you to you and to your dad for your great services through the year. And I did hear the show when your mom was on. I didn't hear when your dad was on, but uh, I just listened to them and your wife. Just listened to them. I could tell that 
they are so proud of you and love you as much as you love them. And uh, best wishes with your newborn baby and your family. Uh, I heard you talking about that uh, earlier, uh, about family is so important. My dad was World War II prisoner of war. I miss him to this day. I wish I knew more about him. Um, but uh, when listening to you, it makes me feel better to be an American and not think about what really is going on in the world today. So thank you. Larry, thank you. What a beautiful, beautiful call. Thank you so much. I'll pass it on. Actually, I'm going to have them listen to it. Larry, call back. Stay in touch. Best to the family. I'll see you tonight on Newsmax, everybody. Thanks. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.